world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. There's something in our human nature that causes us to want to collect things. Some collect autographs, some collect coins, stamps, or other memorabilia. Collecting can be fun, but as we grow older, there's a chance our innocent pastime can turn into something else. This week, Diane explores the darker side of collecting gone awry. Parents are hard to raise, helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Berardi. So my husband uh, came home the other day and said to me he had uh, recently seen a friend who his parents had died um, one right after the other, and he said his you know, friend was saying to him, oh my gosh, my parents um, have so much stuff in their house. He he said they, they're, they're, they were these high-end hoarders. And I said to my husband, what, what did he mean, you know? And he said that, um, you know, they had collected things, both of them. Like his mother had 2,500 ceramic dolls. He said that I, he didn't realize how bad it was. They had always collected things. And he said, you know, over the years he had watched them accumulate things. But he said now, he said, you know, when I would go visit them, I wasn't going into every room. He said, now that I go into rooms, there's rooms you just can't even walk in. He said the living room isn't a living room anymore you know he said there was just stuff everywhere and he said of course now um I have to try to get rid of it and he said you can't even walk in their home they spent all their money just buying things and so I was thinking about it and I do get a lot of um calls about people concerned that their parents are hoarding and um hoarding is this ongoing difficulty to get rid of stuff to part with possessions and no matter what their value is so you know where my husband's friend said they were, they were high-end hoarders you know they had all this stuff but um you know hoarding can be you know just accumulating these empty food containers or em, you know in envel envelopes that bills came in i mean stuff that has no value and then there's this this difficulty to get rid of stuff is due to this need, this urge to save items. They, a person becomes anxious and distressed just thinking about getting rid of them. And so the home becomes so cluttered with possessions that the living area, you can't get around in the rooms. And, you know, it, it becomes so bad of, in certain people that, you know, you the refrigerator isn't used to refrigerate anymore. Their bathtub ha has things in it. Their bathroom sink, their toilet. I mean, stuff can't be used the way it was intended anymore. And, you know, hoarding is different than people collecting items. 
um, you know, people collect dolls, they collect stamps, things like that. But a collector typically doesn't show patterns of excessive acquiring, you know, of items where their rooms are just stuffed with things and you can't walk in the room. And they they know what they're doing. They're aware of what they're collecting and they usually categorize it and search out specific items and they carefully display them. So that's different than having, you know, like 2,500 ceramic dolls and not being able to walk. And so the hoarding disorder, you know, the person accumulates so much stuff, so it impacts them using their living area. They have distress. They can't even think about getting rid of anything. They can actually get sick, get headaches, nauseous, break out in a sweat, just the thought of trying to get rid of items. And they their home is now or their apartment or their place of work is a dangerous area. You know, they, they can fall, they can fracture. You see that typically they have fractures because they can't move around in their home or they trip over things. You know, they're a it's a fire hazard and the person, the fire, people can't get in, the fire company can't get in, the person can't get out. They can uh, develop food poisoning. I mean, they save food. They save food in containers, you know. You'll see pizza boxes with, you know, pizza in them that is saved and they'll, they'll, um, they could have pests, you know, rodents. They, they, um, develop skin infections because they, they're not bathing, because they're not able to use their tub, their shower. And the person typically doesn't recognize that there's a problem. So there's danger, their quality of life is inhibited. I see this a lot in um, elder, the elderly and when we go and visit in their homes. You know, I get a lot of calls from nurses who go out to visit a patient after they've come out of the hospital. And they say, Oh, my God, you can't even walk in this home. You know, we have to move things, you know, we have to get rid of stuff, we have to move things around and that you cannot, you can't just go in and start moving things. And that's what happens with sons and daughters, maybe they haven't been there to visit their parents in a, you know, in a while, or, you know, like my husband's friend, he knew their parents had done this their whole lives, but he didn't realize the extent of it. And so you can't, and that's where the disagreement starts and the conflict. You can't just go in and start moving things. So, um, you know, there's a, a systematic way to do it and you have to have a, you know, a therapist and, you know, you, you contact your parents' physician, their physician and a therapist. And the biggest thing is, they have to trust that therapist. There has to be a relationship. A therapist isn't just going to go in and say, okay, we got it. You know, now we're going to start getting rid of stuff. It just, you can't do that. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't realize. Hoarding, it, it affects both men and women. And studies have shown that it's more prevalent among men. And hoarding is chronic and it's progressive. And the symptoms start in the teens and they become more severe with age. So like my husband's friend, they always did that throughout their lives. They both collected these things. So of course, in the elderly, you know, if it's starting at a young age, and they're just acquiring 
more and more stuff. So by the time they're 85 years old, they have a lot of stuff. You know, and like I said before, this stuff can be valuable or it can be, you know, uh, pizza boxes or empty containers, empty food containers, envelopes that bills came in, things like that. So um, hoarding used to be considered a symptom of the obsessive compulsive personality disorder, but now it is recognized as a distinct standalone diagnostic category. And of course, you know, the, one of the most important things, it's that difficulty to discard and that urge to save. And so because of all this uh, clutter, this distress, try, when even thinking about getting rid of things, you have all this congestion, you have all this clutter in in the living area or in the workplace. So it makes the person no longer um, able to, to function properly, their environment un- unsafe. And it causes actual, you know, significant distress in social, occupational, or other areas of functioning. Um, so what are the symptoms of hoarding? Well, the initial symptoms, these are usually the first signs, is that acquiring all this stuff and saving it, excessive number of items, and then it's the gradual buildup of the clutter in living in the, their living space, in their apartment, in their home, in, in the rooms, and difficulty parting with things. Now, um, at, that's the initial first signs and symptoms. And then what happens is that excessive acquiring. So it's items that aren't needed and there's no room for them. And it's this ongoing difficulty in throwing things out. They regard these things as valuable, the need to save them. And they can get physically upset at the thought of getting rid of them. And so the rooms become become unusable. And some some say that there's a tendency with um, hoarders to have uh, certain personality traits. They're indecisive. Their need for perfection. They avoid, they procrastinate. They have problems planning and organizing. So the cause of hoarding is unknown. So some patients say there's a family history of hoarding. There's a learned behavior from growing up. There are some genetic studies that point towards several different genes, that the way these um, people's brain function is different. Psychological theories, these characteristics that are common to hoarders, they have this strong belief, this emotional uh, attachment to their possessions. They have difficulty starting and finishing tasks. They're indecisive about everything. Perfectionism. So they don't want to make a mistake by throwing something out. So they do nothing and they save it. So they procrastinate. They say, yeah, I'm going to throw that out. I'm going to go through stuff. But they don't. They avoid it. And they have a different way to organize. So they are disorganized. But in their mind, they are organizing things. And some say a stressful life event. It's, you know, hoarding develops after maybe the death of a a, a loved one or divorce or they lost stuff, people lost stuff in a fire, or they they were evicted. Now there's, um, you're acquiring all this stuff, and you're refusing to get rid of it, so what happens? Well, you have these, you know, if you ever saw a home, 
you know, with hoarders. You have this disorganized piles and stacks of things like newspapers, books, clothing, paperwork. And it's, you, you can't even walk. There's so much clutter. And so you, they use every available space, the kitchen, the bathroom, the tub. So people can't cook. They can't bathe. They don't throw away their trash. So you have this unsanitary um, problem. You know, you have food containers, pizza boxes. So, and then you have a conflict with family because the family comes in and they're trying to remove the clutter. So, and then you have difficulty because they can't find things in the clutter. They lose paperwork in the clutter. And they tell you, they save these items because they just you know, you'll hear, I just can't throw it out. And these items are, this is unique. You know, they find beauty in everything. Or they'll think, I might need this at some point. And they have this, you know, this item may, all these items may be emotionally significant. It, you know, this, this TV guide reminds me of a happier time. My mother used to read this TV guide, you know, so I saved it. Or it, it could be a representative of a pet. They feel safe, surrounded by the things they save. They don't want to waste anything. And they don't want to lose important papers. So they say, if I throw that out, it'll be gone forever. So I better just keep it just in case. And they wind up keeping everything, you know, all these papers. So, you know, if, if you notice these signs and symptoms or you, you, you go into a home, you know, um, you, there, you want to contact their physician. There's, you know, therapists, the, the doctor will most likely say, yes, you know, the person needs therapy. The tricky part is the person doesn't see the need or feel that, you know, they have a problem. So that's where the tricky part of therapy comes in. And there's different types of hoarding. There's distinct types. And we'll get back to that after the break. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. 
Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. You're listening to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one elder care talk show on planet Earth. I ended up with too much stuff. No matter what it cost me, I couldn't get enough. Got to put it all behind Oh my gosh, me. I love that music. So I just want to say welcome. We had a huge increase um, of new listeners from Wyoming. Northern California, the UP of Michigan, and Quebec, Canada. So great to have you on board. Thanks for listening and welcome. So we were talking about um, hoarding and we, um, where I left off was there are two types of hoarding. There's object hoarding, which we talked about a lot, you know, what objects, typical newspapers, magazines, uh, bags, old clothes, mail, books, paperwork, valuable and not so valuable items, you know. So, and what happens is they, they, they clutter, so you can't do basics, cooking, bathing, cleaning, sleeping. You can't move in the house. And there's your risk of fall, fire, physical problems. You know, uh, sometimes uh, if a person goes to the ER, you know, um, you'll see uh, cellulitis or skin infections because they're not uh, bathing. There's, you know, they're, they're in a home. There's different things going on, Pe- you know, mice, pests. So, uh, fractures because they're tripping over things. And then there's also animal hoarding, um, where people, and you'll hear about that on the news, you know, there's, uh, this, you know, people keep a high number of pets, anywhere from dozens to hundreds. They could be in the home or outside and they can't properly care for them. I mean, you can't care for that many pets, but the trouble is that they don't understand that they're not caring for the animals properly and that the animals can be harmed. They think they're providing good care, but um, they're not. And so what happens is, you know, the animals are, there's animal waste everywhere, which is a health risk. Uh, Ammonia levels can be life-threatening. The animals suffer from overcrowding, neglect, or malnourishment. And most who hoard animals also hoard objects. So um, there are medications uh, for hoarding. The problem is, first of all, that the person doesn't have the insight or doesn't realize that they have this problem. Um, And the second thing is, like I said, you know, usually what happens is relatives uh, will come and you know, maybe they haven't visited in quite a while, or maybe like my husband's friend, you know, the person had done this their whole life, but now, you know, didn't realize how bad it was until they're gone. And so um, they also with therapy, uh, but that that's a, a, um, 
a relationship that has to develop and they have to trust the therapist. And so they have different assessments. You know, they'll go into the home and they'll uh, go through this series of, you know, how much clutter there is that's interfering with the person's ability to bathe or dress or cook. And uh, what's their quality of of living condition, their safety, the health issues. Um, and then they have these uh, this inventory they go through, this called saving inventory where they're looking at three different things how much how much they've acquired how much impulsive buying there is or acquiring of free stuff you know it doesn't just necessarily mean they're buying things and then the clutter how much clutter there is and the problems because of the clutter and then the difficulty the level of you know difficulty associated with removing the clutter how much discomfort the person is going to have like i said they have People have actual physical problems just thinking about getting rid of it. And then they have questions for the person themselves, for the hoarder. They look at the person's beliefs and attitudes and about their attempts to get rid of items. You know, because like we said, it could be, um, you know, you see it in families or they've grown up that way. So, you know, when when a therapist uh, starts out, you know, they, they have a non judgmental conversation you know they're looking at the volume of stuff and they're talking to the person about the volume of stuff they've accumulated and you know the impact it has on their health and safety and they may say you know we're not initially you know we're not going to get rid of everything we're going to just maybe move it so that you know you you can use your walker there's a path to use your walker and we're going to try to organize it and they um they find that um some success with cognitive behavioral therapy where there's weekly sessions, 20 to 26 weeks, where there's home visits by a therapist, and then there's um, homework for the person to do. Now, hoarding in the elderly, um, they have studies have found that it generally occurs before the age of 40. And as it, it increases in severity after middle age. And what happens is it's linked to social isolation. And they've um, found that depression was associated in uh, about 50% of cases with geriatric patients. Also, anxiety and PTSD is also found. Hoarding in the elderly has some distinct features. There's um, a combination of things, self-neglect. So they're not bathing. They're not eating right. They may be eating spoiled food. They're not preparing food properly. And like I said, they're saving containers of food, and then they might be eating it later. They're not taking medication or not taking it properly. They're not going to the doctor. So they're And they're isolated. There's also a combination of psychiatric and medical disorders in that same person. It doesn't matter which came first, the medical problem or the psychiatric problem, or how they're linked, but they find there's a combination of that. And they also find they have what they call executive dysfunction, which may contribute to the progression of the hoarding symptoms. And what is that executive dysfunction or executive function? It's reasoning, problem solving, abstract thinking, flexibility in thinking, memory. So um, self-neglect, well, they're not going to the doctor. Well, what do they have to do to go to the doctor? They have to make an appointment. 
They have to call, make an appointment, and then they have to actually go to get a prescription filled uh, or refilled. They have to actually call the pharmacy. So, you know, and what we said was they may think in different ways. Their organization may be different than ours. So, they're not going to do it because they can't think and go through all the natural steps that we would go through, you know, that a, a person without this hoarding disorder would go through. And what are the complications? We talked about some of them. There's increased risk for fall, injury. They're being trapped by falling items. You know, they have these just stacks of newspapers or stacks of papers and they could fall, the, the items fall on them, family conflict, loneliness, they're isolated, unsanitary conditions, uh, fire, you know, they can't get out, fire department can't get in, you know, if they live in an apartment or um, are renting, you know, and, and the hoarding can go to outside, it can go to the garage, you know, it can go to outside in the yard, they may have the problem of being evicted. So there's a lot of problems um, with hoarding disorders that, um, complications from just something that may start out as gradual. Now, also, you'll see um, hoarding, conf you know, where people are starting with dementia, you may see hoarding. So conf confusion can cause hoarding. So sometimes you'll see people who may be starting with dementia begin to save and collect items. And they're doing that maybe to cope for comfort and security, you know, because they know something's going on. They're fearful. They're not remembering. They're not, you know, they're, they want to hold on to an item and try to remember, you know, their, their memory may be lost. So they hold on to something. So, um, and as the dementia starts to increase, those items may become more important to them. You also will notice with dementia patients, they may, um, start hoarding your items. You know, they may start hoarding um, their wife's items or their husband's items. And that's just sometimes items just calm their fears and anxieties. Um, if you go, you haven't visited your parents in a while and you notice that they just have this stack of mail, you know, that they're not opening. So the hoarding may be due, due to confusion about what to do about a situation. It's not the desire just to collect bills, but it's because they don't know what to do with them. They don't know how the sequence works, you know, that they have to open the bill and write out a check, pay the bill. You may notice that they're stockpiling medication because they may have forgotten why to take the medicine or that they have to take the medicine or how much they have to take. So they don't want to ask for help. They'll just hide the medication away. Now, you'll also see, you know, people with uh, ongoing, you know, uh, more extensive dementia, Alzheimer's disease that... Um, you know, they, they're hoarding. So how do you try to help them not to do that? Well, you may have to think of different ways to distract them or, you know, to stop them from hoarding so much. Maybe you can have them organize with you a drawer or try to have them, you know, label old photographs. You can also create memory boxes with them. You know, they can pick out a box. You can decorate it um, with them. And you can say to them, okay, you know, if they like 
uh, hoard, you know, twist ties for baggies, you know, that my mother still uses those baggies with the twist ties, you know. So maybe they want to hoard those twist ties. So you can say to them, okay, you know, let's put them in that memory box. And then you can kind of go through the memory box and start, you know, getting rid of some of them because they're going to put more in there. And also you can use it for safekeeping. So, you know, you can because they forget where they put their glasses or um, certain items. So you can say, okay, let's put that in the memory box. And then when they don't know where it is and they're looking for it, you can say, let's look in the memory box. So you also, with dementia, Alzheimer's patients, we had talked about that. You have to watch where their hiding places are because a lot of times, you know, they'll stick things, whether it's theirs or yours, they'll put them in drawers or underneath cushions or beds or in pockets of clothing. Um, and they squirrel away these items. So to keep them safe. So you have to kind of try to check those hiding places, try to look and see where they're, you know, hiding things and, and uh, check them periodically. And before you throw things out, because a lot of times they'll just throw stuff in, in, in different things, you know, so before you take out the garbage, just check it. So um, also there's a connection in the elderly. Research has indicated that hoarding uh, may have strong connections to depression. You know, so, uh, you know, the elderly, they're isolated, they're feeling lonely, depressed, and they may just start to uh, collect things and start collecting things from, you know, little screws or those ties to animals. So um, there's no known way to prevent hoarding because there's, you know, we don't exactly know what causes hoarding. So um, the, the best thing uh, to do, you know, the first signs may help because then you can get treatment and prevent it from getting worse. So what were those first signs? And if you just remember, it's that difficulty discarding or getting rid of items and that urge to save them. And then that gradual buildup of clutter in living space. So I've talked a lot. I've cluttered your mind <laughs> with, with uh, clutter. So now my survival tip of the week be obsessive with hand washing because this is a horrible flu epidemic we're having. So wash your hands. You know, you don't even think about all the things that have germs on them. You have to just be obsessive about it. You know, before you eat, of course, after you go to the bathroom, after being in a crowded place, after going to the mall, the doctor's office, if you're near someone that's coughing or sneezing. But also, there's things that you don't even think about, you know, that have germs on them that, you know, um, the gas pump. We, of course, in New Jersey don't pump our own gas, but people do. You know, um, your, your desk in your office, soda fountains, when you go, you know, to 7-Eleven or Wawa and you're touching those uh, coffee things, um, you know, vending machine buttons, you know, the elevator buttons, if you're in an office, the coffee pot handle, the candy machine. So just be obsessed with hand washing. Well... I think I'm out of time. 
I'm getting a nod from my producer. So if this week's show was helpful to you or you know someone who would be helped, please tell them about it. They can subscribe to the show using iTunes. If you like this show, please like us on Facebook. Please rate us on iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play because that helps other people find our show. You can find the links to the topics we talked about in the show notes for today's today's episode, episode 43, at parentsarehardtoraise.org. Please keep those emails coming in. You know, if there's anything you're struggling with, please send me an email. Email me at diane at parentsarehardtoraise.org. You can reach me through my website, dianeberardi.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Parents Are Hard to Raise Podcast, and I tweet at Jersey Elder Care. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a counterthink media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music LLC, New York, New York, under license of Broadcast Music Incorporated. Thank you so much for listening. See you again next week. Music